prior to me going down this endeavor of 90% of our cases were referred from other firms. Level up, learn a new skill, get more leads. A case that's not referred is probably worth twice as much because you're going to have to pay a referral fee. Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the preeminent personal injury marketing agency. Before we get started, if you like what you hear, head on over to Apple or Spotify and pound that five-star review button. And if you don't like what you hear, tell me about it in a one-star review. I got a big hug for all my haters too. Ready to dominate your market? Let's go. Litigation firms don't really advertise. Typically, they're sent cases from larger pre-lit firms, like the big guys with massive budgets on billboards and TV. This was definitely true of the litigation firm Cruise and Pain Injury Lawyers. 90% of their cases came from attorney referrals, and they did virtually no advertising. This also meant that 90% of the cases had fee splits. Clay Payne saw this as an opportunity. On a warpath to earn more clients, he learned a new skill and leveled up. He now has over 200,000 followers on Instagram. His efforts generated so many cases that he earned the title of partner. Social media is a great way to build the network of potential clients. He explains how to get over that follower plateau and why you don't need a massive team or fancy equipment to get it done right. Here's Clay Payne, partner at Cruise and Payne Injury Lawyers, on how he first got into law. You know, both my parents uh, are attorneys and my grandparents are attorneys and uncles who are judges. And so it kind of just ran in the family. Uh, so I was always interested and uh, kind of just grew around, grew up around the plaintiff side uh, lingo, uh, you know, talking about different issues, you know, at, at the dinner table. Are there any early memories you can that like stands out um, with that those experiences? You know, definitely, you know, tagging along with my with my father and, and you know, going up to Austin for mediations and stuff like that. I always wanted to be a plaintiff side personal injury attorney, you know, and that's what I went to law school for. You know, when I got out of law school, I wanted to start at a firm um, that did plaintiff work because I, I wanted to figure out, you know, how to practice law. And and, and so uh, that's essentially what I did. Up until January of this year, I wasn't actually a partner at my firm. I just became a partner. And a large part of that is due to the, the leads I've been generating from Instagram. Last year, around April, is when I really dove into Instagram and marketing, essentially. Before that, I was just grinding and trying to settle cases, get courtroom experience, and kind of go from that angle. That's amazing. And kind of jumping over to the biz dev side, a lot of times our audience wants to know like, hey, how do I get the leads? And your Instagram has a massive following. You know, last I checked, it was 209,000 and counting. And I went in there and I clicked. I was like, let me see what these comments are. Let me see if we got good engagement and see what's going on. And you got good engagement. So what goes into that? Then we can get granular and then how that impacts, how that makes an impact on your firm. I learned early on, uh, maybe through a revelation that to be successful in the, the injury space, you need to learn how to bring in cases. There were some attorneys out there on Instagram doing, you know, kind of informational videos and stuff like that. But I really didn't see anyone doing it kind of every single day, just being in front of the, the camera. And there were a few attorneys that do that and they do this, do that to uh, even today. But there, the competition is not that fierce. I think slowly attorneys are kind of getting into it. In any case, I dove into basically providing informational content through TikTok and Instagram. My first videos that I did 
performed horribly. You kind of are very awkward in front of the camera when you when you haven't done it before. <laughs> and so um, and I got the hang of it. And eventually I started learning how to to get videos, uh, to make videos go viral. Uh, and uh, that just organically, the trajectory of my followers has gone from, you know, zero to over 200,000 just on Instagram. So let's let's dig into that. There's a ton of attorneys listening that that are doing social media. They're they're even being consistent, but they're still stuck in that I would say 500 to 2000 followers range and it is kind of stay there. They don't really have a lot of engagement. What are some of the elements that you've broke this down and you've kind of figured out like what makes something go viral? What are some of those components to really generate impressions? Absolutely. It's harder to execute it than it may seem. I found out that Instagram, it depends on the user's preference. So if you talk about car accidents day in and day out and these obscure insurance codes and you know how you need UIM and you need to get your PIP coverage and you need this, you're going to bore your audience to sleep. As much as that intrigues personal injury attorneys and as much as, much as it intrigues uh, you know, colleagues and we talk about all these nuances of law and how we can one-up the defense attorney, it's not interesting to the, to the average Joe. And so essentially what I've done and what I think the attorneys who are successful on TikTok and Instagram have done is they realize that it's a branding play and to... to gain the follower count and to gain the virality, you can't focus on just injury law and insurance law. You need to go broad and do criminal, interesting facts, do situations that create controversy in some, in some sense, because controversy drives views. And, and it doesn't have to be a controversy that, that cast a negative light on you, but it could be a controversial topic that everyone's talking about. And if an attorney can opine and talk about it in such a way, people are engaged with that. And so uh, essentially my strategy has been create video ideas that, that kind of capture people's attention. And then essentially I pepper in the fact that I'm an injury attorney. I pepper in the fact that I do car accidents, that I, I pepper in the, the kind of the boring insurance stuff like, hey, you need UIM coverage. Here's what to do after a car accident. Here's what to do if you get into an Uber Lyft accident. You know, those type of topics, they're peppered in all throughout the videos. So you're not seeing just that. You're seeing, you know, this other interesting stuff. And then you're also seeing the, the injury stuff. If you're too narrow, you just you position yourself um, where you're too specific and you, and you don't appeal to enough people. Look, if you're trying to reach a broad audience, talk about things that a broad audience would be interested in. And I think that's so interesting. And the other thing, too, is you seem to be really consistent. You know, are you getting in a regular cadence like, hey, every Monday I knock these out or, you know, every maybe it's every day at 9 a.m. I'm knocking the video like. Tell me about like your the habits that go into this since you yourself are creating the content. Sure. Yeah. So I don't have uh, like a social media team. I mean, essentially, you know, now I'm a partner at, at you know, my firm, Cruise and Pain Injury Lawyers, and I do all the video production myself, essentially. I think it can be delegated. I, I think you can definitely delegate it. But uh, I've kind of gotten in a cadence, so to speak, like, you know, in, in such a way where I can knock it out pretty quickly. But um, as far as the, you know, the weekly shoots and everything, essentially it, it involves, you know, coming up to my office on Sunday, either a home office or my, my physical office. 
and my wife is my my teammate. She actually comes up and we use the back camera on the iPhone 13. We record all the videos. It, it doesn't require extensive production equipment or anything of that nature. We're shooting it with that, and we, we use a professional microphone, essentially, like the Rode, the Rode mic. It takes about two hours to record, and then I send it off to a video editor to do the, the, the edits and everything. So like once a week, you'll, you'll do a two-hour batch, and it'll be good for the week? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I try to do um, seven to 12 videos a week. So at some point throughout the week, I, I sit down. So in addition to those two hours, I also have to devote like one or two hours throughout the week to come up with the ideas because I, I essentially write myself a script. I bring my script, you know, to the shoots. And so sometime throughout the week, I write my script and then on Sunday I shoot the videos and then send it off. It is a time commitment. I mean, so, I mean, you, you, you there is, there, there's definitely a devotion. You have to devote, you know, at least two or three hours a week to it. But, you know, if, if you're getting, you know, half of your cases coming in through social media, I mean, it's worth it. I just heard Pomp on My First Million. He was talking about his role and he said it's just to do podcasts in social media because he creates distribution and that distribution is so powerful, right? So if you have a message, the firm has a message, you've now got a few hundred thousand followers It's just going to continue to grow that are engaged and going to hear what you have to say as opposed to 2,000, right? There's just a lot of leverage there. I want to kind of circle back around to that first point where you're like, hey, you're pretty transparent. Like, Whenever I started bringing in the cases, I had something to negotiate to bring to the partners. Like, hey, I want, I want to be a partner. I'm generating a lot of business. So you kind of understood that. Where did you also approach the the attorney referral side? Did you did you go that direction as well, or was it just like, hey, I'm going to focus on social, and then that's where you're kind of laser beam focused? No, I, I'm actually going on all fronts right now. The attorney referral side is. Um, I think the social media helps in some some way because it gets your name out. I mean, I'm sure there's probably going to be some attorneys that watch this podcast and maybe reaching out to me and say, "Hey, you know, I saw you on on the podcast and I, or I listened to the podcast and and it was great and you know, let's connect and you know, maybe I'll send them some cases, maybe they'll send some cases back to me." But I mean, at the end of the day, people do business with with people they like, you know, the no the no like trust type of deal. And so, you know, obviously they have to know you first if you you have 200,000 over 200,000 followers on Instagram, percentage of those are going to be attorneys and a percentage of those are attorneys that are going to need a referral source. You know, our firm essentially doesn't do any marketing outside of my social media. We're a litigation firm. So prior to me going down this endeavor of, of getting cases essentially coming in right from the inception, 90% of our cases were referred from other firms, billboard firms, or firms that uh, did a lot of ad spend, pay per click, and stuff like that, radio, television, and that that type of stuff. I've been reaching out to a lot of firms to see if there's cases that might not fit their business model. You know, oftentimes there's relationships that that have come about through this progression of just getting your name out there. In other words, social media can also be used to just get your name out there, and then once people recognize you, it's it's an easy end to you know, make that introduction and have that potential referral partner. When creating content for social media, you got to know who you're talking to. Is it referring attorneys or potential clients? The messaging for one might not fit the other, but chances are there will be some overlap. You got to understand your firm's unique positioning and relationship to the target audience to create content that converts. 
you know, I think that my content that I put out is not geared towards attorneys at all. I think it's geared towards, you know, potential clients. As far as the referral base and, and, and bringing in cases as a litigation firm, I think it's easier because most pre-lit firms or firms that, that have, you know, maybe multiple departments and stuff like that, they're going to be hesitant to take a case that has any sort of liability dispute, property damage issue, or, you know, some sort of issue that's going to create the need for litigation, which is those are the type of cases that we want. The cases that are getting referred over to us are cases that need litigation. There's probably high damages, but maybe a potentially liability issue, or, you know, maybe there's, um, you know, low property damage, but uh, clear liability. And the firm that's handling it before us doesn't have the the wherewithal to work it up in the proper way, get the experts involved that they need to get involved. From a from a marketing standpoint on Instagram, a case that's not referred is 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 probably worth twice as much because you're going to have to pay a referral fee on any case that uh, you get referred over to you. So any cases that come in through Instagram, obviously they're they're generated by our firm. There's not a there's not a, a referral fee on it, so there's value there. In terms of, you know, we talked a lot about Instagram and you're crushing on Instagram. Is that the originator? And then you're curating to TikTok and maybe YouTube shorts. You know, is that kind of the strategy to originate? Because I think a lot of a lot of attorneys right now are kind of originating on TikTok, it seems. Then they're putting on reels and they're, then they're putting on YouTube shorts. What made you make that decision? No, I so I actually started on on TikTok, but I realized that, and I, I think I had, had gotten... Um, Quite a few followers on TikTok before I even moved to Instagram. I think I had like 50,000 or something at, at some point. But I, I didn't get any leads at all from TikTok. There's issues with TikTok because you can't message within the app without friending each other. Um, in addition, I think the type of potential clients or or the type of users of TikTok tend to be, I guess, young a younger audience and maybe a trust issue with establishing that brand identity. So as soon as I moved over to Instagram, or I, I started just doing both, I moved over to Instagram and started posting on both platforms. That's when the leads started coming in through Instagram because you can message right within the app. You know, you post a video and you know, people see you every day dressed up in a suit, you know, talking about different legal issues. And then they go get into a car accident and you're the first person on their mind. Yeah, that makes sense on Instagram in terms of the DMing and and having that ability to control like an intake. I guess the attention span too on TikTok's probably just way shorter than you know, it's just super swipe. I don't know the speed if anybody's done that type of test. You know, I know you're getting the referrals from your litigating side and you have that side too, right? And you gotta pay those referral percentages. How has your role changed, right? Since you're now partner or is or has the the rest of the firm now give you more of the freedom to pursue this because they've seen the impact. How has it changed? You know, business development, I mean, bringing in clients is is a significant part of my job now. You know, and I kind of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you you start bringing in cases, you make partner, and then now you're, it's kind of your your job to bring in, keep on bringing in cases and potential clients. So a large part of my time in the office, as well as, you know, on the weekends, through Instagram and all that is is now spent um, potentially you know looking for the next way to to bring in a potential client. I think that as far as just keeping your head down down in the papers and, and just grinding you know away, that's that those days are kind of long gone. I mean, obviously, I still am an attorney. I still you know do all my depositions, trials, and all that. But the amount of time I'm spending 
you know, my career is significantly, you know, more now. It's not a, it's not a 40 hour, 40 hour work week. Any, any attorney is probably not a 40 hour work week, but, you know, especially when, you know, part of your job is to bring in cases and stuff. It's, it's definitely not a, you know, an additional career in and of itself. If any of your uh, listeners are, are, you know, out there and thinking about jumping into social media, you know, I encourage them to do so. I think it's a great marketing tool. It's, it's completely free. In other words, you don't have to do ad spend. My 200,000 followers came from all organic. So, I mean, essentially my only costs were my video editing costs, which I, you know, to pay, a, to pay someone to edit my videos for me. Other than that, like I said, I think that it's still a very viable way to bring in cases and, and I encourage people to, to try it out. On the video editing side, you use, do you use like uh, Tasty Edits or Video Husky or anything like that? Is there a particular service you use for that? I found someone on Fiverr that I like. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Fiverr. Yep. You can go on there and uh, you can find someone that will edit your videos for like five to ten dollars a video. So you you can upload you know seven videos, you know your weekly videos if you want to post one one a day, and you know spend you know a hundred dollars essentially a week. So it's very very minimal cost. For the attorneys listening, where can they go to get in touch with you? Uh, and what's next? Sure, absolutely. Everyone can get in touch with me either probably through my email is best. It's cpain at cruisepc.net, which is C-P-A-Y-N-E at cruisepc.net. And, um, you know, as far as what's next, just keep grinding away and, and uh, you know, putting up the good fight against the insurance companies. Thanks so much for Clay for sharing his insights today. Let's hit the takeaways. Time for the pinpoints. Here we go. Pinpoint number one. Social media may not be as saturated as you think. It is still a great way to widen the pool for potential clients, but you gotta be consistent. Show up over and over and stay on the top. But the competition is not that fierce. Next up, pinpoint number two. Your content has to be memorable. Think about the reasons you came to social media. To be entertained? To learn something that interests you? Or maybe you just scroll until you see something that grabs your attention. Whatever the reason, the app puts the user at the center. Make content for the user. If you're a B2C firm, make content that clients would understand. So if you talk about car accidents day in and day out and these obscure insurance codes and you know how you need UIM and you need to get your PIP coverage and you need this, you're gonna bore your audience to sleep. And pinpoint number three, you don't have to be everywhere all at once to be effective. Get comfortable with one platform first. Evaluate the performance, see what works for you and what doesn't. Go to the platform that makes sense for your demographic and your business needs. I think I had quite a few followers on TikTok before I even moved to Instagram. I think I had like 50,000 or something at, at some point, but I, I didn't get any leads at all from TikTok. I'm Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. Join me each week for insights from the best in the legal industry. Click that follow button so you never miss an episode and leave a review. If you're here for the first time, welcome. And if you've been here for a while, do me a solid and leave me a review. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out. Next week, you'll hear from Mike Alder of Alder Law on why depositions are crucial to getting maximum value. See you there, I'm out. <laughs>